this is a hard passage to preach on, it feels like this morning. Because it, it talks about the early church in which they gathered in each other's homes and had meals. And we can't do that. And it talks about how they, they went out and, and to the marketplaces and, and shared the gospel with their neighbors. And we can't do that. And it talks about them gathering daily in the temple for worship. And we can't do that. Yet we know that the Scripture does not give us a series of tasks to complete. It does not say you have to go to community group on Tuesdays at 7 o'clock. It gives us a heart. It gives us a path. It gives us a direction. And this passage right here gives us a path and direction in which we are unified, in which we are together, in which it removes the spirit of me to be a spirit of us. And that's a much harder passage to preach on. Because I like focusing on me. I like my life to be about me and not you. I'd rather not hear about your problems, and I'd rather not share my problems with you. I'd rather do life on my own. You see, this passage actually flies in the face of, of most of what we as Western culturalists believe. That, that my life is about me. That, that my profile, the way that, I, the way that I want to display myself to the world, that's, this, is, this is me. This is the way that I want to be presented. My time. This is, this is my time. This is, this is time for me. I get to choose what I want to do, and, 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 and you need to let me have my time. Or my rights. These are my rights. These are, these are the things that I get to decide. You don't get to decide them for me. And yet, what is God calling us to do in this passage? He is saying, replace the heart of me with a heart of unity, a heart of we, a heart of us. We, to look and see that, that God had devoted himself to these believers, have devoted himself to us. And because of that devotion to us, we are now called to be devoted to him and to his people. And to do anything to get to be in the presence of God and his people, to say, I, I don't care how to do it, but I need to be with these people. I need to be with God. I need to find God. Show me the way. Show me how to get there. Let me get to that destination. So this morning, we're going to challenge our hearts together. T together, we are going to walk together and say, how do I replace the me of my hearts with us? How do I see God's devotion for me? and in turn be devoted to him and his people? And how do I focus on the destination of being in the presence of God in his glory? So first, how, how do I remove the me of my heart? Well, what just took place, this passage actually takes place right after Peter just shared with the crowd that Jesus is Lord and Christ. And in that day, 3,000 believers were added to their number. 3,000, 3,000 new believers. And, and they say, what are we to do? What is this new church supposed to look like? What are, what are we supposed to do in order to be devoted to God? So what do they do? Look at verse 42. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And we do that now as a church. We are devoted to the apostles' teaching. That is, that is actually what we're doing right now. Although it's over Facebook or YouTube, we are doing that right now where we are saying we are devoted to looking at the apostles' teaching, the, the apostles inspired by God to, to write the words of God so that we look at the word of God and apply it to our lives together. And then it says they devoted themselves to fellowship. 
And fellowship is one of those Christian words that gets thrown around a lot, but, but simply it means sharing. It says, I, I share with you, and, and not only just in a physical sense of saying like, hey, what is mine is yours and what is yours is mine, but, but I share my life. I sh- we share stuff with each other. We share our needs. We share our hurts. We share, we share our life. Because in the Bible, it says you were once not a people, but now you are a people of God. We gather together in fellowship to share with one another. And then the breaking of bread. And this is where commentators kind of go back and forth in which they say maybe it was the Lord's Supper, the sacrament that we celebrate together, or it was getting into each other's homes and and having a meal. But either way you slice it, it is one in which it's togetherness. The sacrament, the Lord's Supper, is not taken by ourselves, but is done together. Our, the, the meals that we are called to have is not one in which we, we hunker in our homes and close our doors and hide ourselves, but one in which we say, no, let's gather together. I, I want to be with other believers. And then finally, prayer. And prayer, although we are to do it individually, we are to do it together as well, because it's not as if the devotion to these things says, do the apostles teaching together and, and, and have fellowship with one another and, and break bread together and now prayer do on your own. No, no, no. It's, it's actually one in which we do prayer together, in which I share my prayer request with you and you share yours with mine, in which I say, praise God with me because this took place. And I say, pray to God for me because this is going on in my life. And we don't do it individually, but we do it together. And because they devoted themselves to these things, what happened? What took place? It's, it's this beautiful picture of the church in which they're praising God daily, in which their hearts are full of gladness and joy, in which they're going out and, and sharing the gospel with other people saying, no, 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 you, you need to see what has taken place in, in the lives of, of my life and of the lives of other believers. You, you need to join us because this is an amazing picture. And, and just imagine the overwhelming supernatural generosity that is taking place. Something that we don't see anywhere else in this world in which people are saying what is mine is yours and what is yours is mine and and no one was in need. And there's a lot of times where we go, I don't feel like my church is like this. I don't don't feel like my church has overwhelming sense of gladness. I don't feel like it's overwhelmingly generous. I I don't feel like we're sharing the gospel daily. I don't feel like I'm even praising God daily. So what is stopping us from experiencing this? Because this isn't just a church back then. This could be the church now. It's because we have to look at ourselves and look at our hearts and recognize that more often than not, our hearts are about me and not about us. Because what is the struggle when, I, when, I, when we say, listen, God calls us to these things, that, that they are to be done together. What is our response at times? Think about being devoted to the apostles' teaching. I, I know that there are Sundays where, where you wake up and go, I don't want to go to church. I'm just too tired. I don't feel like it. But what is that a spirit of? It's about me. I. I don't feel like it. Not taking into account the unity that you provide with other believers of praising God together. Or the fellowship of believers where, where it says, hey, we, we want you to have fellowship with other believers, so why don't you join a community group in which you, you share your needs with one another and, and you sh- share your life. And you say, well, you know, that's not really for me. I mean, you guys are all extroverts. You guys really enjoy that. That's, that's just not me. 
me. It's about me and, and what I want to do. Or when I say, hey, what, what's going on in your life? Tell me, tell me how I can be praying for you. And you say, Pastor, you know what? It's all right. I, I have some stuff, but how about just, just vaguely pray for me? I don't, really want, I don't really want to talk about it. Me. What I want. Not what God calls us to. To the devotion, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, and to prayer together. Not alone. Because the tendency of our hearts is to say that this is extra. It's the classic Christian problem where we have the, the don'ts of Scripture. Don't commit adultery. Don't murder. Don't steal. Don't lie. And we say, oh, I, I can never do those. Those are, those are something that I should never do, and I, and I avoid them. But then there's the do's of Scripture. The, the love your neighbor as yourself. Of, of, of go share the good news with all people. Of, of be devoted to these things. And our attitudes are typically one in which we say, well, those, those happen when, when I feel like it. Or when I feel like the timing's right. Or when they'd be good for me. There's an illustration that I share with married couples or, or couples going to get married. And, and I say to them, all right, imagine for a second that I just got married. It was a great wedding. We had a lot of fun. And I say... I, I, I have a great time, and, and after two months, though, I, I, uh, I call up a friend. And I say, listen, my, my marriage is a wreck. We're arguing all the time. We're fighting all the time. And my friend, being wise, says to me, well, ha- are, I mean, are you doing what you're supposed to be doing? Like, are you, you know, are you following God? Are you, what are you doing? And I say, well, yeah, of course. I, I'm following the two commands that God has given me. Do not commit adultery, and do not abandon my wife. I haven't done either one of those. I followed God perfectly. And my friend, continuing to be wise, says, Well, yeah, but, I mean, have you sacrificed for your wife as Christ has sacrificed for the church? And I say, Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, like I go to work, I provide a paycheck. I mean, sure, there's, there's things that she wants me to do. She wants me to take out the trash. She wants me to do the dishes. She, she doesn't want me to turn on the TV the minute I get home. But God doesn't say that explicitly. I mean, God doesn't say I have to take out the trash. God doesn't say I have to do the dishes. So I don't. It should be no shock to you, no shock to your friend, no shock really to me that my marriage is a wreck, that isn't going the way that it should be. And this is the same with our relationship with the church. When, when we say, well, these things are extra, when, when we say, I, you know, I, I, I make sure to avoid the don'ts, but, but to have to be devoted to fellowship, to be devoted to prayer, to be devoted to the apostles' teaching, there's some days that I just don't feel like it, so I'm not going to do it. It's in those moments that we shouldn't be surprised that our relationship with the church isn't great. But here's the thing, I have to admit that pointing to these things and just saying the Nike, the Nike slogan, just do it, isn't going to work. Because there are days that I wake up on Sunday morning and go, I'm tired. <laughs> I don't feel like going to church today. And I can't just say, just do it. 
And there are days in which I don't want to have the title of pastor where I don't want the responsibility of you all and, and I just want to come and just be alone. I can't just motivate myself by saying, just do it. And there are definitely days that I don't want to share my weaknesses with all of you. I don't want to share with you that this, this coronavirus has been incredibly difficult for me and my family. There are days where I feel like I'm barely keeping my head above water. And I can't just say, well, just do it. Now, I, I actually need something deeper. I need to go to the reason why. Why am I devoted to these things? Why am I called to be devoted to these things? It's because God has been devoted to us. See, what we actually get a picture of is the, is the Holy Spirit moving through this church community in which the Holy Spirit is taking his supernatural power and changing hearts, cutting people to the hearts so that they are overwhelmingly generous and overwhelmingly lovely, lovely and, 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 and praising God together and sharing the gospel with one another because they are devoted to these things. And they're devoted to these things because they were cut to the heart. Look back at verse 37, and I, and I know we didn't read this passage. We looked at it this week, last week, but, but, but look with me at verse 37. It says, When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? How were they cut to the heart? It's because they just heard the gospel. They just heard the gospel from Peter, the good news, that God was devoted to them. That in spite of their sin, in spite of their shame, in spite of their weakness, God didn't just stay up in heaven and say, deal with it on your own. But he actually came down and took the humble form of a human. And he walked among them. He healed them. He performed miracles. He was with them. He was devoted to them. And he was so devoted to them and to us that he was willing to walk to a cross and bear the penalty of sin for us, be put to death. He is devoted to us. He loves us. And, and what I get to experience in that moment, when I, when I recognize God's devotion for me and what he did for me, is, is I actually get to say, wait a second, God is so devoted to me that he takes away my sin and he takes away my shame and he replaces it with his love. And now I get to have a heart not focused on me and, and, and my sin and, and, and my idolatry, but instead I get to have a heart that has been replaced by God that is one focused on God. And having a devotion to him. Because he was first devoted to me. And because he was devoted to me, I am now called to be devoted to him. And I want to be devoted to him. As, as the early church said is, what shall we do? I say, tell me what to do because I get to see what God has done in my life. And I'm willing to give my life up for him. And what does God call us to do? To be devoted to him and devoted to each other. Devoted to his people. And, 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 and I recognize that, that nothing in my own sinfulness wants this. <laughs> nothing in my own sinfulness wants to deal with your problems. And nothing in my own sinfulness wants you to know about my weaknesses and my problems. And, but, but what takes place? What takes place when I recognize the gospel? What takes place when I'm cut to the heart is I get to say, you see my sin. You see my weakness. You see my, my shame. And yet, you get to say, you are loved by God. And that is the same thing that I get to do with you is, is, is when you sin, when you do something wrong, it is not that I get to say, look how wicked that person is anymore. Or I say, look, look at how sinful that person is. But instead I get to look and say, look how they stumbled, but look how God was devoted to them in spite of that sin. <laughs> look how God loves them. Look how God was willing to sacrifice for them. 
and I am called to do the same, and that is why I love you. It's not because, of, because I'm, I'm strong or because, because I, I figured it out. It's, it's because God loved me first, that I am now called to love you, and I will love you. I love you in spite of your sin, in spite of your shame, because God did it for me. Because God was devoted to me, I am now called to be devoted to you, to be devoted to these things so that we can have a church that praises God together, that has overwhelming generosity for each other, that shares with one another. And because of this church, I am cut to the heart over and over and over again. Because there are going to be times where I stumble, and I need to hear this gospel again. And where do I hear that gospel? It is, it is not a building. It is not a series of commands. It's from you all. It's from God's word. It's, it's from you in which, in which I join you over Zoom at this time, sharing my weaknesses, saying, this has been really hard for me. And you look at me through that computer screen and you say, but God is with you. God loves you. And I am cut to the heart because of that. Because you remind me of God's devotion for me. And right now I get to remind you that God is with you. God is with us. God loves us. God is devoted to us. And he has not abandoned us. And that is why. That is why we are devoted to these things. Because God has been devoted to us. That is why we, we devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching. So that right now we hear this gospel and are cut to the heart. That is why we are devoted to the fellowship of believers, because that way when we, when we share our lives with one another, we cut each other to the heart, reminding ourselves of the gospel. That is why we pray together, so that when we have prayers of praise, we say, look how God has been devoted to us. And when we, when we pray and lift up our requests to God, we say, God has been devoted to us and promises to be devoted to us now. The reason why the early church experienced what this passage shows to us, that the reason why we desire what this passage displays is because we and them have been cut to the heart. It, it led them to an experience in which there is overwhelming sense of, of awe and wonder and joy and fellowship and evangelism in which they say, everyone has to hear this good news. Everyone has to be cut to the heart. Everyone has to hear about God's devotion for them. And the thing is, is that they were willing to do it any means necessary. Because what was their response? What shall we do? Tell us what to do. And, and we know gathering 3,000 people together, there was probably different ideas <laughs> of what needed to be done, of how to, how to devote themselves to these things. I mean, we even know just gathering three people in a room, there's going to be different opinions and ideas. And yet they did it any means necessary. They devoted themselves to these commands and did it so that they may experience the wonder and the glory of God with his people. So imagine with me for a second that I am going to pay for an all-expenses-paid vacation to anywhere you want to go. Anywhere. Choose anywhere. Choose. I know there's plenty of places we want to go right now. But for the ease of this illustration, let's, let's say Disney World. All right? Plenty of kids love Disney World. Plenty of adults love Disney World. So I'm going to have an all-expenses-paid trip to Disney World. All right? And, 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 and listen, I promise that it's going to go perfect. There's, there's no coronavirus. You can skip all the lines for all the rides. You can buy as much food as you want. You can, you can buy as much merchandise as you can carry. You can stay in any luxury suite you want. And, and guess what? I'll even let you stay as long as you want. Do you want that? <laughs> <laughs> 
And you say, of course, of course I want to go to Disney World right now, especially now. Just get me out of my home. <laughs> but I say, there's one little problem. We live in Delaware. It's in Florida. We're going to have to, because, because I don't really like air travel, we're going to have to drive for 20 hours to get down there. Would you still want to go? Of course. Of course I still want to go. I, I, at this point, I'd get in a covered wagon just to get to that destination, to get to that trip. And now, re replace that destination with being in the presence of God, in His glory, with His people. Is your attitude the same? Any means necessary. I don't care. Just get me there. Because here's the thing, we as a church have to make decisions of how we are going to be devoted to these things, how we're actually going to get us to be a church like this. And we have to find vehicles to get us to these destinations, to get us to the apostles' teaching, to get us to fellowship, to get us to breaking of prayer, to get, getting us to prayer, to, to get us to the place in which we are in the presence of God with his people, praising him together. And, and right now, you might not like the vehicle that we have currently chosen. You might say, I, I just want to be back in that building, that church, and yet I have to be listening over Facebook, and, and I recognize that it is hard. But let me encourage you. Ignore the vehicle and focus on the destination. <laughs> right now, we together have been devoted to the apostles' teaching, to prayer, to worship, and we are doing it together. Right now, you are in the presence of God, in his glory with his people. And there are going to be things that happen over these coming weeks in which you say, I don't like that. I don't like that I have to wear a mask. I don't like these rules that you've put in place. But let me encourage you in those moments to ignore the vehicle and focus on the destination of being in the presence of God with his glory with his people. And listen, over these coming months, as we see what's developed, and especially coming towards the fall, I'm going to encourage us as a church to be devoted to the fellowship of believers, to sharing our lives with one another. And one of the ways that we are going to do that is through community groups. And you might say, well, I don't, I don't really like sharing my life with other people. And I don't want to go into a stranger's home and sit there for two hours talking about my problems and hearing their problems. But let me encourage you in that moment to ignore the vehicle and focus on the destination. Because if you go, I promise you that you are going to experience the church the way that this church is on display. That you are going to be in the presence of God and his glory with his people. And the only way that we are going to experience these results is it, it, to, to have this overwhelming generosity, overwhelming excitement, overwhelming praise, overwhelming joy, overwhelming sense that we need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ is by devoting ourselves to these things. By, by, by removing the me of our hearts. By, by taking away the idea that, that this life is about me and instead replace it with one in which this is about us. This is about we. And one in which we, we daily are cut to the heart by the gospel, by God's devotion to us. So that when we don't feel like being devoted to these things, we can remember how God has been so devoted to us that we say, tell me what to do. I have to do it, God, because I see your devotion for me. And then finally, 
Let us ignore the vehicle. Let's focus on the destination. Let us not focus on the, the small things that, oh, I, I, wish, I wish this song was sung instead, or, or I wish church was done in this way, or, or I, wish, I wish we had more events, or I wish we did it this way. Instead, let's, let's say, it doesn't matter how it's done. I just need to go. <laughs> I just need to get there. I need to be in the presence of God in His glory with His people. 